Good morning, Covenant Network. How are you this morning on this Wednesday, March 16th? I'm Adam Wright. This is another episode of Roadmap to Heaven. We are so happy to be with you this morning. Um, We are going to pray in just a moment, but a few things about that prayer. Uh, Number one, we continue to pray our morning offering as we do each and every morning. What a great way to begin our morning. Number two, Catholic News Agency is reporting this morning that the uh, Ukrainian Catholic leaders who have asked Pope Francis to take uh, the step of consecrating both Ukraine and Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and he's going to do so a week from Friday on March 25th, uh, they are asking us now to join in nine days of prayer in a novena to prepare for the event. So Technically, it begins tomorrow, but I don't like to just, you know, sometimes we have to dive into the pool, right? Other times, it's good to get ourselves ready to dive into the waters. So today, we're going to do a little training to get ourselves ready to dive into the waters. And I'm just going to ask you this. I'll ask you this again. But if you're not praying the rosary each and every day, could I ask you, implore you urgently to join in praying the rosary every day for the next nine days. For those of you that already do pray the rosary every day, could I ask you to keep this intention first and foremost for the people of Ukraine and for peace as we prepare over the next nine days. So again, officially beginning tomorrow, um, all they are asking is for us to join in prayer. There's been no outline given of what to pray. But given that we are awaiting the Holy Father to consecrate both Ukraine and Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I can think of no more fitting prayer than to pray the rosary. So today, for our morning prayer, we will pray our morning offering as we always do. And then I would like to offer a decade of the rosary this morning and remind you that we do pray the rosary in its entirety on air at 10 a.m. every day and then at 3 p.m. following the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. And again, ask you to, over the course of the next nine days, beginning tomorrow, pray the rosary with that intention. So we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is very good to be with you this Wednesday. I, You know, one of the uh, things I love about this week, I've been mentioning it all week, we have two great saints to celebrate this week. We've got St. Patrick tomorrow and St. Joseph on Saturday. And what, how joyfully we, we turn to both of them. I, as we were praying the rosary just now, or the decade of the rosary, and, and really all morning long since I woke up a few hours ago, I've been thinking about my grandmother. And uh, she had a beautiful rosary made out of some kind of stone and then chain. It was her Irish rosary. It came from Ireland. It, it was uh, you know not quite an emerald green, but you'd look at it and say, that's Irish right there. You know That rosary, that's an Irish rosary, a beautiful Celtic crucifix on it, um, which usually I just see a Celtic cross, but this one was a Celtic crucifix. And she had it with her every day on her, you know, you'd walk into the living room and there was her recliner, which is now at our house. And then her, uh, it was a floor lamp, but it was the kind with a little table shelf built into the lamp. So you could set your book. It always had her TV guide, her remote and her rosary on it. And usually a diet Coke, usually a diet Coke. And she instilled in me that, that love of the rosary and that urgency of going to our Lord. In fact, at many time in my teenage years and late grade school when I was starting to ask those questions, does all of this really matter? And, and if it does, why does it matter? It was my grandmother who really uh, kept pushing me in the right direction with my faith in a very loving way. And many times, just by the strong yet silent example she gave of living her faith out. Although I think she would agree with me that in this day and age, we are past the point of being able to remain silent in our example. We need to share with our, our children, with our grandchildren, with our loved ones, um, the importance of prayer. In fact, I'm going to be giving a talk tonight uh, to some parents, and one of the things I was thinking about was just this idea that, you know, what is it that we need to be saved from? You know, because if we don't need to be saved from something, why do we need a Savior? So today on the show, we're going to celebrate uh, St. Patrick's Day a, a day early since I won't be on the air with you tomorrow. Uh, so we've got a, a little bit of an Irish theme to the show today. We're going to be talking with Father Jeffrey Kirby about who St. Patrick 
is, you know, not just who he was in the earthly life, but who he is now and the example he has for us. We're also going to hear some words from Father Bernhard about another topic that would have been dear to my grandmother, and that is reading your Bible and why it's important. But first, let's go to Mike Roberts for that check of the weather today. Today is the feast day of Saints Hilarius and Tatian, who were martyrs. Born in Italy in the third century, Hilarius was the second bishop of Aquileia. And this was during the persecution of the Roman Emperor Numerian. Hilarius had been praying for the conversion of those in his diocese and specifically that they would leave behind the worship of pagan gods. His prayers were powerful, so powerful, in fact, that the temples the Romans had erected for these pagan gods collapsed. In a rage, Numerian had Hilarius and his decantation arrested, condemned, and put to death. Saints Hilarius and Tatian, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. We're talking about Irish things today. We're talking, you know, this show pretty much is bringing back lots of memories of my Irish grandmother. And uh, I, I'd like to share with you the other things she had on that little table next to her recliner in the living room was her bible she had her bible her rosary her diet coke her tv guide and her tv remote um she always was reading her bible and she had her prayer group and and she would share different things and she was the one that taught me you know it's okay to underline passages in your bible or, or to put little sticky notes in there and things like that here is our catechiz on this wednesday march 16th it's a um i guess a multiple choice I'm going to give, I am going to give you two statements. You have to tell me which of the following is correct. Statement one, statement A, the three persons of the Holy Trinity are distinct but not separate. Statement B, the three persons of the Holy Trinity are distinct and separate. So again, A, the three persons of the Holy Trinity are distinct but not separate. B, the three persons of the Holy Trinity are distinct and separate. The answer is that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. I keep saying Holy Spirit when I mean to say Holy Trinity. It's one of those mornings. Uh, They are distinct but not separate. In fact, uh, in this wonderful passage, the Trinity is so difficult to understand sometimes. But in this wonderful passage from Frank Sheed's Theology for Beginners, uh, Frank Sheed says that, in its barest outline, the doctrine contains four truths. In the one divine nature, there are three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. No one of the persons is either of the others. Each is holy himself. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. They are not three gods, but one God. Second, the three persons are distinct but not separate. They are distinct because each is himself, but they cannot be separated for each is what he is solely by possessing the one same nature. Apart from that one nature, no one of the persons could exist at all. It's, you know, he goes on. And I, I would love to read more for, for you today. Time would not allow. I, I, I'd love to read for you about Mr. Brown and Mr. Jones and Mr. Robinson and how they're each three distinct persons possessing the human nature. Um, but they are also, you know, I, I love this. He says, Brown does not understand with Jones's intellect. Jones does not love with Robinson's will. Each has his own. The th- phrase three men then means three distinct persons, each with his own separate human nature, his own separate equipment as man. The phrase three gods could only mean three distinct persons, each with his own separate divine nature, but his own, sep- his own separate equipment as God. But this is not so. This is not so, Frank Sheed says. 
They possess one single nature. They do, in fact, what our three men could not do. They know with the same intellect, love with the same will. They are three persons, and each is God, but they are one God, not three. Theology for Beginners, a great book. If you want a copy, contact us here at the station. We'll send you one. With that, you know, we're going to get ready to talk to Father Jeffrey Kirby and continue our conversation this morning, uh, talking about who St. Patrick is and who he was on this earthly life and how we can celebrate St. Patrick's Day inspired by him. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We're happy to be joined by Father Jeffrey Kirby today. It's always good to speak with you, Father. How are you this week? Good, Adam. Good to be on the show. All right. Well, you know, Father, I, I come from a long line of Irish relatives, and I mean, we, we celebrate our Irish heritage. My grandma had an Irish saying or, or proverb for just about anything. Um, <laughs> you know, My favorite was always the one she had on her wall that said, as you slide down the banister of life, May the splinters never point in the wrong direction. Um, <laughs> you know, that was that was the kind of stuff I grew up with, and and we love being Irish, but you know that does not mean that our Irish celebration only involves green popcorn or green beer this week for St. Patrick's Day. It's something that we celebrated all year long. And as I've grown in my faith over the time from when I was a little boy at my grandma's house to now, um, I've come to realize that there's a lot of proud Catholic history in my Irish heritage. And it all goes back in some ways to the saint we're going to celebrate this week, St. Patrick. So, Father, I wonder, what can you tell us about St. Patrick? Because I doubt that St. Patrick's uh, notable contribution to our faith was, let's all drink some beer and eat some corned beef and cabbage. <laughs> exactly, Adam. Uh, actually, Patrick is, is a great witness in our faith uh, to Jesus Christ, to the, the power of, of grace, to the freedom we have as, as the children of God, uh, and the list goes on. He's a powerful uh, Christian. We, we know that he is actually originally English. Uh, he was taken in slavery to Ireland. He was able to then escape. He fled back uh, to England uh, out of his enslavement in, in Ireland. Uh, he felt called by God to return to Ireland, to this, this place of, of enslavement that was not a place of happy memories, uh, to go back into this, this darkness in his history. He was called back there by God. He obeyed. He went, and he became thoroughly Irish and began to preach the gospel and won many local chieftains uh, in Ireland to the Christian faith and began to teach and instruct and admonish and that legend that you know he you know removed all the snakes uh, from Ireland. That's told because in symbolic you can see how how Patrick was teaching the faith. Whether it was the, the you know the three leaf clover or here, the snakes were representative of bad spirits or, or you know paganism. He cast out the, the snakes. He, he he dispelled you know false views of God, uh, immorality from Ireland. So here, here's the man, the Christian we are honoring you know this week you know in, in our tradition. You know, Father, that's really important that you mention this because we think now of, you know, Irish Catholic. The, the two words seem to be synonymous. And yet there was a time in history when Ireland was a, a pagan nation. It, it, was, it was the literal mission territory where the missionaries had to go to spread 
the faith. And I also love the example you bring up of Patrick's obedience because, I mean, I think about it sometimes as an energized Catholic wanting to be a good disciple and and praying every day, all right, Lord, how are you calling me to live out my vocation today? What is it you want me to do today? And I would probably stop in my tracks if he said, Adam, I want you to think about the worst place you've ever been in your life where you were the most miserable for a long period of time. I want you to go back there. You know, that, that is not high on my list. And yet, so that, that's one lesson we can learn from Patrick, that when God says do this, you obey, and, and you go, and you do it. I wonder, what are some of the other lessons we can learn? You mentioned the three-leaf clover, and that's one that's resonated with me recently as I've been trying to teach my children. What What's that lesson for us? Yeah, so you can see uh, Patrick uh, early on definitely had uh, the spirit of what we now call the new evangelization. So, you know, with the new evangelization, we know we are called to have new order, new methods, new approaches in order to creatively uh, present the gospel to a secular age. Well, in, in Patrick's day, he had a similar challenge. Like, you know, people thought they knew uh, transcendence. They, they thought they knew the gods. They, they had an established uh, pagan tradition and so on. And so here's Patrick. He's trying to teach them, you know, God is three and one. He's trying to teach them that, that God is a God of love and peace and so on. And, you know, and the Irish pagans, they weren't going to have it. You know, it's like, this seems almost like a weak God. This seems like a confusing God. And so Patrick, again, applying what we now call the new evangelization, he got creative. He said, look, there's all these three-leaf clovers all over the place. So he picked one up and he began to teach it, you know, three persons within God. And he said, this one God, there's this three people and three persons. And he said, here's this one clover, there's three, uh, you know, um, cloves on this clover. And so on. So it's like, and this, this is uh, what God is like. And, and that resonated. You know, I was like, oh, we can understand that. Like, you start talking about, you know, God's a community of persons, infinitely uh, equal, and so on. Uh, you know, to the pagan mind, that, that seems so confusing. But Patrick was able to break it down, make it digestible, and, and present it with, with new order, a new method, this, you know, teaching about the true God. And it won over the Irish. They were like, okay, this this makes sense. We can understand this, right? Okay. And, of course, um, that led to the conversion of, the eventual conversion of, of Ireland to, to the Christian faith. So we think about that and fast forward now to the year 2022, where we are actively engaged in the new evangelization. And if we're not, we we should be. And, and I want to ask about that, Father, because now we live in this so-called age of enlightenment, and I, I know we're actually past what they referred to as the enlightenment in history class, but everyone is so enlightened. If, if, if I don't know it, I can look it up on my phone. I can go to social media and find it there. Everyone is a self-proclaimed expert. And, and you said that the pagans didn't understand some of these things and said, well, that sounds like a, a silly god, St. Patrick. Uh, you know, why would your god be like that? And they, they could not understand. And I wonder how many in our culture today don't understand, not out of a lack of intelligence, but a lack of will to even ask the questions about the implications of, of what it could mean to be a believer and what it could mean if God is real and that these Catholics are actually sharing the truth, and I'm the one in falsehood. How can we take that example of St. Patrick yeah. now as we go into the mission territory? Yes, yes, and, and truth be told, and, and I'm sure every generation says this about itself, but but I really do think that we're in a unique situation in that, you know, for Patrick, while he had to be creative and, and use these, these principles of the new evangelization, 
uh, he was able to bring uh, you know an entire uh, you know group of peoples uh, from paganism to to the Christian faith. I really think our task is harder. So just, just to admit that that because when you talk about when we speak of of a secular age, we're speaking of a post Christian age. So they weren't worshiping false deities. In the past, they were worshiping the true God and have since abandoned Him, right? And so our challenge is now to try, in the midst of a secular age, and, and secularism tells us that we, we can live completely good lives, fulfilled lives, without God. That's a lie. But it's a seductive one, right? And we've abandoned the Christian faith, so our creativity has to be even deeper and even more, <laughs> we can say, vastly creative. I remember years ago, an old priest said to me, he said, you know, we keep telling this world um, Jesus loves them. He goes, eventually we're going to realize they don't know Jesus, they don't know love, and they don't, they don't even know who they are themselves, right? They don't understand, right? So the simple expression, Jesus loves you, that's a lot we are expecting people to understand when we just make this simple expression, what, what we understand as believers. And so I think our task in terms of how do we begin to make inroads you know, once again, I think there's the Christian witness in terms of love and mercy, compassion, selfless service. I think once again, it will be the secular age that looks at us and says, look how they love one another. <laughs> in a world of cancel culture, in a world where one mistake destroys you, look at these Christians who forgive, right? In the age that tells us, look out just for yourself or for your own, be just concerned with your little tribe of truth. Uh, here are these Christians who are willing to serve even the people who hate them. So I think, once again, it's going to be our actions that give us initial attention or hearing, and then to be creative. Like, for example, John Paul II, our beloved uh, saintly pope, right? he gave some really great new evangelization when he said, the Holy Trinity is a divine family. Wow. That is the equivalent in our age of the three-leaf clover. So here is the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the divine family equal in majesty as a family, a human family is equal in dignity. And that is a reflection that divine family has invited us, invited me, to be a part of that family. So things like this, where we have to just break things down, what does the culture value, and what can be the bridge by which we can speak to them? I love it. Father, I, I, I think of it this way. Tomorrow, someone at some point, someone's going to post a picture of a plate of corned beef with potatoes and a nice, uh, you know, whether it's a, a dark beer or a, a nice lager, and I'm going to say, that looks good. I want that. And, and the deeper question is, do we live our lives in such a way with our faith that people look at us and say, that looks good. I want what he has. I want what she has. I, I want to have that in my life. And only faith can unlock that. It's a beautiful thing when we live it out. And friends, while we're in the season of Lent, I, I presume, Father, it's still okay for us in moderation to enjoy a corned beef sandwich tomorrow if we <laughs> so choose. You know, we're Absolutely. not saying throw these things aside, but but celebrate within reason. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. The great thing about Catholics is we know how to fast, but we also know how to feast. All right. Father, could you close us out with a prayer? Absolutely. Let us pray. Father, we ask that you look upon us, show your face to us, and you grant us your peace. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friends, uh, we want to thank Father Kirby for being with us today. We're going to take a break here. Stay tuned for more Roadmap to Heaven after this. 
It's a good time to pause on this Wednesday for our daily dose of encouragement, and we are walking day by day through the Stations of the Cross. Today we are at Station number 3, and here with us is Patty Schneier. We're doing our Stations of the Cross slowly but surely together, just with some reflections about what do you think about, what do you pray about when you get to each of those stations. And I want to encourage our listeners to memorize the Stations of the Cross. So this is day three. It's the third station, Jesus Falls, for the first time. But let's memorize the first three. I like to memorize them in groups of three. So the first station was Jesus is condemned to death. Second station, Jesus takes up his cross. Third station, I like to tell people right out of the gate, He falls. So much like us, right? So condemned, takes up his cross, and he falls. Those are the first three. Say that over and over to help you memorize the stations. He's condemned to death. He takes up his cross, and he falls. So what do you think about when you come to this third station, the first fall? Jesus falls for the first time. Here's what I think about. I think about how easily I fall. All the little things that cause me to sin. Little things cause me to lose my peace, lose my perspective. So when I get to this station, I pray and I ask God for his forgiveness for all the times that I fall so easily. Secondly, I pray for the grace to go to confession often, that every time that I would sin, that I would just grow in the virtue of humility and admit it when I've fallen, and go to confession. Third thing I pray for at this station is I always think about those that I need to pray for who have not been to confession in a very, very long time. Maybe it's yourself, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's your children, maybe it's family members, that they would just have the desire to go. I think about that on this station. And I also pray for our priests at this station, that they would be good, holy confessors. So we all fall. We all fall easily. I'm reminded of that at this station of the cross. Jesus falls for the first time, and I fall so easily. Right, at the, you know, so often, even at our Lenten promises, we start off, we're gonna go, we're gonna do these great things, and uh, we fall right away. But get back up, get back up. Do not let these little falls define you. So that's what I think about on this third station. Jesus falls the first time, and I hope that that's an encouragement for you today. That if you fall, get back up. Go to confession and carry on. Patty, that's a wonderful encouragement for us today. I'd like to also remind you that if you'd like to hear this daily dose of encouragement again, or if you missed yesterday's or the day before, and you say, oh, I I do want to do this daily walk through the Stations of the Cross, fear not. You can go to ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R, catholicradio.org, and find the Daily Dose of Encouragement right there. All you have to do is click Programs or go to your favorite podcast app and search Daily Dose of Encouragement by Covenant Network, and the Daily Dose of Encouragement will pop right up. You can listen to not just these reflections on the Stations of the Cross, But you can go back quite a ways now with every daily dose of encouragement we've had with Patty so far. It's a wonderful thing to check out and one that I know I use from time to time to say, oh, I missed that or I want to hear that again or I want to play that for someone or I want to send that to someone. It's a great tool to have. And by the way, did you know that Roadmap to Heaven's out there as well in podcast land? All you have to do is search Roadmap to Heaven by Covenant Network, and you'll see our uh, picture pop up, and you can go back and listen to today's show again. You could share it with a friend. You could uh, go back and listen to something maybe from a few weeks ago, whatever it may be. So check out all of those great options. Tomorrow, 
remember, new evangelization. A little bit of celebration, too, but new evangelization. And as we begin the novena tomorrow, that's probably the bigger thing now, is beginning a novena, praying to the Blessed Mother through the intercession of her Immaculate Heart for the people of Ukraine and for Russia. Um, Let's remember also to turn to St. Joseph. You know, we begin that novena tomorrow, but... St. Joseph is the protector of the church. He's the terror of demons. He has an important role, and his solemnity, his feast day is Saturday. And you say, well, Adam, hold on. We're supposed to be going to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And I just say this. You know, everything I've read about the Holy Family, if if you want to be close to Mary, trust me, St. Joseph is not far away. And if you're close to St. Joseph, well, then you probably, are going to be close to the Blessed Mother because he's not far away from her. In the same way that if you want to be close to Jesus, be close to the Blessed Mother. He's, he, he's not far from his mother. His mother's not far from him. And so it's not mutually exclusive. In fact, I think the more saints we can go to, the better. Now, another thing you might think about in this penitential season of Lent is over the next days of this nine-day novena that begins tomorrow, could you do some fasting? You know, Could you do a lot of fasting? Perhaps we we need people who can do fasting to fast and to pray. And, you know, as Father Kirby and I have talked about before, not just this medical fad of, oh, I'm going to fast and it's healthy for me. And there, there's certainly fasting that is healthy for you. But we're talking about the spiritual power of willingly giving up, willingly doing mortification for some good. And this is a great invitation, a great opportunity over the next nine days to do so. So please consider that as well, and um, what what a gift that would be in prayer. Friday morning, we have our Roadmap Roundup. We're going to have a new panelist in the studio, so be sure to join us for that. Angela Miller will be here as well, Gabe Jones, and, uh, well, you got to tune in Friday to find out who our new panelist is. I look forward to it. And then, as you may have heard, next week is our Covenant Network Spring Radiothon. I do hope that you will join us for that as well. It's always great to meet the many guests who come in for our Radiothon. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Queen of Peace, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as my grandmother would say, pray your rosary, read your Bible, enjoy the little things in life, and I'm going to do that today, inspired by her memory. It's a, a good reminder for me. I want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of Roadmap to Heaven. Until next time, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Don't forget to pray your rosary today.